And that was such a powerful time of worship. And just in that, in that attitude of worship, right, that's, that's where we're going to continue in the Word. Um, I want us to understand that Jesus, right, he's, he's calling us, you know. When we get into who God is, right, and, and who, he, who he wants us to be, God is not telling us to leave him alone or, or to go away from him. God is actually calling us towards him. God is not someone who, who doesn't want anything to do with you. No, he, he actually wants everything to do with you. God desires to have the closest relationship with you uh, that you could possibly have as his son, right, or his daughter. But let's go to Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, right? We've been learning a lot about fear, right? So everybody say fear. So we've been learning about how not to fear. And today, to close out the sermon series, we're going to learn how to fear God. Um, there's this saying, right, it's called, uh, there's nothing to fear but fear itself, right? Has anyone ever heard that saying before? Anyone ever heard that? You got nothing to fear but fear itself. It's something that has been said, like, many times. Um, there's actually, uh, it's actually a quote from a president that's been repeated over and over, right? Theodore Roosevelt, this is, like, about 100 years ago, there was this time called the Great Depression, and people were lining up huge lines just to get bread, right? People were lining up in huge lines just to get sued. People were poor, didn't have jobs. People were just coming to this country, and they were afraid that they were going to lose it all. People that were just coming to, to have a great life, right, to, to succeed, to live this American dream, there was this fear that they were going to lose everything. There was this fear that they were going to basically be poor, their families were going to die, and many families did die from starvation. Many families did die from poverty, right? So we have to understand is that Theodore Roosevelt, during his inaugural address, that means the day he's going to become president, this is what he says, right? And I'm just saying a little bit. He says, we have nothing left to fear but fear itself. Now, again, this is during a time where all that stuff is happening, right? This is, uh, I believe, right before World War II. This is a time where people are down. People are depressed. Matter of fact, this is where a big time where Hollywood kind of started to pick up in a weird moment because everyone wanted to escape their problems. So what they did was they went to the movies to escape their problems. That's kind of how the movie started. They were afraid of things, so they distracted themselves. In our sermon series, we've learned kind of a similar thing. We learned not to fear a lot of things. We learned not to fear man because it's a snare. We learned not to fear tomorrow, but to trust God with your life. We learned not to fear the night or its terrors. We even learned not to fear death, but what Theodore Roosevelt fails to kind of reach out, right, is that you do have something to fear in this life. There is something that every person on this world, in this world, should fear, and that's God. The Scripture says we should fear God, and that's the ultimate truth. That is the one whom we should fear the most. And what does it mean to fear God? Does it mean that, you know, you're afraid of him, like you saw a rat in the street or something like that, so you're like, ah, right, you jump back. Or are you afraid of him, like, you know, you got a big test coming up and you're afraid to take it because you know you're going to fail because you didn't study, right? Or is it afraid, like, all of a sudden you did something wrong, so now you're going to get arrested? Is that the type of fear? Is it the fear that makes you want to leave and run away? Or is it the fear of, like, a reverence, a respect, an acknowledgement of a power? The Scripture kind of gives way for both because there is a time that someone should be terrified of God. I want you to understand this. God hates sin. God is, is, he despises sin. The scripture actually says there are things that God hates. 
There's the person who sheds innocent blood, the person that has a haughty tongue, a liar, people who steal, right? Scripture says there's seven things the Lord hates. God is angry with sin. However, is his wrath a thing, right? Is his anger a thing to deter us, to, to, to make us run away from him? No, his anger is actually something that should bring us towards him. You see, this fear that we should have of God as Christians is one that we respect or we revere. We acknowledge that this guy, he, this God, he's the creator. He's the one that created all things. He's the one that with breath, with word, he spoke life into existence. He's the one that can send plagues on lands. He's the one that can shatter mountains. He's the one that can take our life. He's the one that gives and takes away. So that's what we do. We, we acknowledge that. We fear him in that sense. And it's important that we do. Because without the fear of God, we are wretched people. We are horrible people. Without the fear of God, we have no type of restraints, no type of, uh, no type of uh, boundaries in our life. Nothing is wrong. Everything is okay. If we can go to Romans chapter 3, actually, Romans chapter 3, verse 10. Romans chapter 3, verse 10. Just recently, uh, I, I, I used to watch Blackhawks. It's a hockey team, the Blackhawks pretty avidly when I was younger during the times where they were on the Stanley Cups. For some of you that don't know, that was like probably when you're like five or six. Uh, they were the it team in Chicago because the Cubs hadn't won in 100 years, right? The Bulls lost Derrick Rose to ACL. So for Chicago sports fans, the sport we looked to was the Blackhawks. But I want to update you guys on something that I just found out, that the Blackhawks are being fined for $2 million because they weren't able to uh, they didn't act quickly or appropriately to a sexual assault allegation. You see, a grown man was sexually assaulted by another grown man. And it, had, it was under wraps. It was covered for years until recently. Think about that. A grown man, he has money. He has education. He has a great job. But he wanted more. He wanted a sexually assaulted man. He wanted perversion. He wanted lust. The man was assaulted, right? He reported it, but he reported it to people that wanted to keep the other man's job, so they didn't really do nothing about it. Later on, it's coming out now. It's all in the open. People are getting fined. People are losing their jobs. People are now discovering things. That's kind of like a, a very similar thing that we see. People are hiding sin from people, hiding evil thoughts, hiding evil intentions from people. And, the, and we, if we wonder why do people do this, it's simple. They don't fear God. See, when you don't fear God, you open the floodgates for every type of sin. The scripture says this, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They together have become worthless there is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ru ruin and misery mark their way. And the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God in their eyes. No fear of God in their eyes. Do you see 
when you have no fear of God in your eyes. It doesn't matter what education you have. It doesn't matter what family background you come from. It doesn't matter when push comes to shove, when your desires to sin come to your face and you have no reason to say no, you are going to say yes. That is what is wrong with people. There is no fear of God in their eyes. When there's no fear of God in our eyes, our eyes are looking towards things that can fulfill us, that can fulfill this longing. And the problem with us when we don't know God, right, is that there's a longing that's wrong. And, and, and it's, it's some of you may say, well, I don't relate to that. You know, I don't steal. I don't cheat. You know, I would never sexually assault someone, right? Well, how many times have you disobeyed your parents? How many times have you lied to get out of trouble? How many times have you tried to cover up something you did so that no one would find out? See, that's just the beginning of it. That's just the start of it. When there's no fear of God in your eyes, what there is is a love of sin. When there's no fear of God in your eyes, there's just a love of everything that he hates. See, when you don't fear God, you love everything he hates. And when you don't fear God, you don't know what is right and what is wrong. You don't know what's right and what is wrong. Well, you'd say, wait, hey, listen, man, we have laws. Right? We have laws. You can go to jail. Well, that's if they catch you. That's if they catch you. What if they never catch you? I wonder how many criminals have got away with crimes because they've never been caught. I wonder how many times someone who's abused another person has gotten away with it because they never got caught. No one spoke up. I wonder how many times a thief was able to get away with something because they were never caught. A murderer was able to kill someone and get away with it because they were never caught. Are they wrong? Are they right? If we go based off the law, they were never charged, so how could they be wrong? You see, the fear of God gives us a direction on what is wrong and what is right. And the thing is, we're all in the wrong if we go by that. We've all had moments where we've done wrong. We've sinned. And the scripture says that the wages of sin is death. So if everyone has sinned and there's no fear of God in their eyes, there's nothing left but the wrath of God for their lives. So we have to understand is that the fear of God not only shows us what is right and what is wrong, right, but it guides us in our living. You see, with the fear of God, if we can go to Proverbs 9 through 10, you know what is right and what is wrong. With the fear of God, you know what is right and what is wrong. When I was young, there were a lot of things I didn't do that I wanted to do. I had a lot of desires in my heart that I wanted to do. I wanted to go out and have sex with women. I wanted to go out and steal. I wanted to take. I wanted to rob. I wanted to do things my other friends were doing. I wanted to do that. But I knew in my heart that that was wrong. I knew if I did that, I'd go to hell. That was my thinking. I knew if I died in my sin at that moment, I'd go to hell. So that kept me from doing a lot of things. That kept me from doing a lot of things that I would regret to to, uh, till today. It ain't It didn't stop me from doing other things, certain things. I was very biased. I thought, well, I can sin this way, but maybe, you know, God will be okay with it if I sin that way. I I can't sin like my friends here because their sin is way worse than mine. But I can search sin like this because this sin isn't as bad. We have to understand, though, in the eyes of God, lying, stealing, any sin, no matter what flavor of sin you prefer, it doesn't matter. It's all sin in his eyes. What sin does is it separates us from God. 
It keeps us away from the loving creator. It keeps us away from the one who can save us. It keeps us away from the one who made us. So we have to understand is that when we have this fear of God in our lives, we're able to stay, right, focused on God. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When you fear the Lord, you now begin wisdom. You're going to be like, whoa, I have a lot of friends who are atheists. They seem pretty smart. I got a lot of friends who don't worship God, but they seem pretty smart. Understand, I'm not talking about intellect. I'm talking about wisdom. You see, because the guy who sexually assaults someone could have a high job, a powerful job, right? But was that wise to sexually assault someone? See, there's a difference between intellect and wisdom. Some of you may have 4.0s in this room, but you could be a fool. Some of you may be going to a great college one day, but you'll be a fool according to God because you don't fear him. You don't know what's right in his eyes. You only know what's right in your eyes. See, if you only know what's right in your eyes, you're going to be a fool your whole life. If you only live according to what you think is right, the Bible says that that way leads to death. So right here, through the fear of the Lord, there's the, begin, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. See, when you fear the Lord, you, re- you respect Him, you revere Him, you see Him for who He is, you know Him. You now have understanding. You see, the reason why some of you are saying, man, like my friends, they make fun of me because I don't do the, some of the things they don't do, uh, I, I don't do the things they do, it's because they don't have the fear of the Lord. They don't have wisdom. They don't have knowledge of the Holy One. And you have to understand is that you can't go by what this person says and what this person says. Because according to God, if they were to die today, they wouldn't know what he said. It's about what he said. It's about what God thinks and what he knows. If we can go back now to Matthew chapter 6, I mean Matthew chapter 10. So we see when we don't fear the Lord, it gives way to a whole lot of sin. It gives way to a whole lot of wrong because we don't know the difference between right or wrong. It's kind of like you're almost just like tossing dice. I don't know what decision to make. I'm just going to go whatever my gut says. You know how many people have made the wrong decision based off their gut? You know how many people have married the wrong people, have slept with the wrong people, have said the wrong things, have cursed at the wrong time, right? have smoked the wrong thing because what? Their gut's saying it. They've hung out with the wrong crowd because their gut told them. They didn't fear the Lord. They're afraid of man. You know how many people made decisions because they were afraid of the wrong person? Instead of fearing God, they feared man. Instead of fearing God, they feared tomorrow, right? Just like we've been learning in the sermon series. If you don't fear the Lord, you don't know what to do in your life. You have to fear the Lord. Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 28 says this, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. You see, your friends can't really do nothing to you, and at worst, they can kill your body. The people that would take away your life, they can only take away your life. This world can only hurt the body. But there's one who can both kill your body and kill your soul. And this is in light of what Jesus is saying. You see... He was telling them that there's going to be people that are going to throw you in jail, people that are going to, uh, you're going to face death because people are going to want to kill you on behalf of me. 
And he's saying, don't fear them. Do not be afraid of those who can kill the body. You see, man may kill the body. Times in this life may wreck your life, right? May cause havoc in your world. Tomorrow may be the day that you'll never see. Death may be at your door. But that can only affect your body. You see, you have to fear the one that can kill both body and soul. And I'm talking to everyone here. Because if you're a Christian in this place and you're making excuses for sin, if you're saying, well, God knows my heart, yes, he does, and that's a scary thing. For God to know the heart of man, because the Bible says that he probes, that means he searches the heart of every man, and he seeks one who loves him, one who knows him, one who understands him, one who does what is right. You see, for you to make excuses for your sin and say, man, God knows, that's a scary place to be. To God, for God to know your heart, that's a consequence if your heart's not right. If I can have Melanie come up, please. You see, the fear of God is important, but not just for this life, but for the next. See, if you don't fear God in this life, you won't know God for eternity. See, to fear God is to really trust him. To fear God is to really believe God is who he said he is. You see, to fear God is to acknowledge he's the one that controls your life. He's the one that you got to listen to. He's the one that you answer to at the end of the day. Because I want to let you know, people have said, well, you only have one person to answer to. It's the man in the mirror or the woman in the mirror, right? No, you don't answer to that person. You're actually not your own judge. You see, there's going to be another one who judges you. And in this, in this society, we talk so much about forgiving yourself, forgiving yourself, forgiving yourself. Listen, if you're not for, forgiven by God, it doesn't matter how many times you forgive yourself. It doesn't matter how many times you say, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. Listen, if you're not okay with God, you're not okay. You're not okay. You need to fear God. If you don't fear God in this place, there's another way, another place you're going to go, and that's hell. You see, there's a real punishment. Jesus is not speaking, uh, he's not exaggerating something. He's not stretching the truth. Jesus is being very accurate right now. There is two deaths for you if you're not a believer. There's one death, your physical body, and the Bible says there's a second death. And if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to be in that second death. And that second death is a place of fire, a place of anguish, a place of suffering. And you're going to think, well, how could a loving God do that? How could a loving God be okay with me going there? Who said God was okay with that? There is a reason why we should fear God, because God hates sin. And he hates sin so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. You see, that's how much God hates sin and loves us. See, when, we, when I look at the cross... Like Paul Apostle said, he said he warns people of the fear of the Lord because he knows it well. When I look at the cross, I have to fear the Lord. I have to fear the Lord. The scripture says that he was pleased to crush the son. He said it, it, it was through his punishment that brought us peace. His pain, his stripes were healed. So if God was willing for the son, letting the son suffer in our place, he was going to let that happen, right? Then that must mean that he really wants us to believe in him. And if we don't believe in him, that's a real big disrespect to God. 
If we don't follow Christ, the one who died on the cross, we don't fear God. Think about the punishment on the cross. Think about the wrath of God that was poured out. That was for us. That was for us. That punishment was for everyone that rejected God's law, that rejected God's truth. When we look at the cross, when we look at Jesus, we should think about the fear of the Lord. And we shouldn't fear anything else. This is the God who died and rose again. This is the God who defeated death. But if he defeated death, man, well, what can he do to me? If he defeated death, the one that's never been defeated, if he defeated death, if he's the one that rose again, what, with that power, what could he do to me? And we have to acknowledge that. We have to understand that. If everyone can stand up, please. You see, and I'm not saying that so you can just be terrified of God. Like every single time you sin, you're like, oh, that's it, I'm going to hell. See, I had a wrong thinking when I was young. I didn't understand the love of God and the grace of God. But one thing I've come to understand about the fear of God, it actually draws me near to him. You see, it draws me near to him. We don't come to God for him to send us to hell. We come to God so he can, we can be eternally cared for. That means so he can care for our souls. In this passage where Jesus says to fear God, you know what he also says? He says, don't fear death. He says, don't fear poverty. Don't fear nakedness. Don't fear uh, not being able to eat. In the same passage that talks about how God cares for us, he talks about fearing him. Why? Because God is not a weak God. We don't worship Barney Jesus. We don't worship Mr. Rogers Jesus. We don't worship Jesus who just says, I love everyone. We worship Jesus who has the power of life and death. We worship Jesus who doesn't just say, hey, I love you, but he says, I love you and I can save you. I love you and I can save you. I have the power to save you from your sin. I have the power to save you from hell. I have the power. That's the God we fear. If I can have my altar workers come up, please. So we do fear God. We're not in, the, in this life, we are not without fear. We have one that we do fear. We fear God. And listen, I want to let you know, everybody fears something. Everybody in this world is afraid of something. I want to let you know, you can make that something one thing, Jesus. See, you don't have to be afraid of anything else today but the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is healthy for you. It's beneficial for you. It will save your life. And there's nothing to shame. There's nothing, there's nothing to put you to shame when you're afraid of God. Because again, remember, it's not a fear where it's like, man, oh gosh, I can't even talk to Jesus. This is a fear where we run to Jesus. This is a fear like, man, I messed up. I know God is not pleased with this. I'm going to go to him. I'm going to go to him. You see, the fear of God draws us to him. But listen, if you're not good with God right now, you have many reasons to be terrified. You have many reasons to be terrified in this place. You have many reasons to be scared in this place. You see, without the fear of God, there is nothing but hell. Without Jesus in your life, you have nothing but punishment promised to you. Nothing in this life is promised to you except punishment. Think about that. And if you don't believe in Jesus, it will continue to be true. 
That is, that is part of it. We talk about John 3.16 so much. But it's whoever believes in him shall not perish. There's this truth about perishing. We can perish in this place if we don't, we're not right with God today. If you're not right with God, you could perish for eternity. This isn't just a moment, right? Death is not an escape for you. You could try to, people try to commit suicide to escape their problems. That's not an escape. You can smoke weed, get drunk, your problems are still there. You could try to cover your sin, your sin is still there. No matter how much you try to throw dirt on a dead body, that dead body's still there rotting away. And that's what you are. When you try to put good, when you try to put things to cover your sin, you're just putting dirt on a dead body. But there's one that can give life to you now, and that's Jesus. If we can all bow, uh, bow our heads and close our eyes. Listen, the altar call is really simple. If you don't fear God, but now you have this moment where you've been faced now, this, this truth, this ultimate truth, that if you don't believe in Christ, you are going to hell. There is one that can kill both your body and your soul, and that is Jesus. If you want that person on your side, now's the time to give your life to him, to trust your life with him, to believe in him wholeheartedly. In other words, to repent, change your ways, change the way you think about God. Now, if that's, that's one. So if you don't fear God, you don't know him. Listen, this altar calls for you. You should come up and receive prayer. We can walk you through putting your faith in Christ, and we can pray for you. But let's say you're saying, man, I do fear God, but sometimes I really do fear man. Sometimes I really fear tomorrow. Sometimes I'm really afraid of all these things, and I kind of forget about God, or I kind of put God to the side. Listen, that's no way to live. The fear of God gives you wisdom. If you want, if you want to understand that, and you want to have the fear of the Lord in your life, and you want to be able to warn people of the fear of the Lord, that's where you should come up. For those who are born again, who want to fear the Lord, and want to warn people about the fear of the Lord, want to consistently live in that, you should come up. As Melanie sings, listen, this is a time for you to get right with God. This is a time for you to get right with God. Jesus didn't die for us to continue to live in the fear of man and the fear of death. But Jesus died so that we can know him. And he resurrected so that we can have life. This is a powerful God we're talking about. This is not a powerless idol. This is not a powerless God. God is real. He's alive. And he's talking to all of you right now. Repent and turn to him. That's right. Jesus, at the end of the day, Jesus will have the final word. 
You may walk out this place saying, I'm good, I don't need God. Listen, God is going to have the final word. He has victory. Jesus has won. At the end of the day, he's going to tell you, okay, you didn't need me. Go ahead. Go where you wanted to go all along. You need to have a life with Christ. You can't afford a death without Christ. You need to have Jesus. the gospel, die and be forgotten, as long as you get the glory. Hallelujah. Before we dismiss, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 1 says this, He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed and without remedy. Listen, God cares for you, and he's been reaching out to you, and he's been rebuking you. He's, rebu he's been rebuking you. He's been telling you to repent. He's been telling you, hey, what you're doing is wrong for so long, but you've continued to stiffen your neck. That means you're not going. You're not going. You're not budging. I'm not moving, God. And God the whole time is calling after you. He's calling after you. He's saying, listen, you better fear the one who can kill both the body and the soul. This life is limited. This life is short. Your life is a fleeting vapor. You need to turn to me. I have life for you. But you continue to harden your neck. You're not going. Listen, the scripture says you will be destroyed without remedy. That means your life will fall apart without remedy. That means your, your, your mental health will fall apart without remedy. That means your soul will feel despair without remedy. 
You see, there's going to be a moment where we keep telling, we keep telling, God keeps pushing, he keeps pushing, but God's going to say, okay, this is what you want. This is what you want. This is what you want. You can have it. But I want to let you know, you don't have to have that today. Scripture says that there is no fear in perfect love. There is no fear in perfect love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. I want to make sure that we understand this today. If we can all bow our heads and close our eyes. What I'm telling you to do when I say fear God is I'm not saying fear hell. Because as a Christian, we don't need to be afraid of hell. As a born-again believer, we don't need to be afraid of hell. If we fear hell in this place, if we fear that God is not going to love us at the end of our life, what that shows is we are not trusting Jesus. That shows we're already not right with God. That shows that we have not been made perfect in love. When I say fear God, I mean you respect him, you revere him, you know who he is, and you live accordingly. So today, let's fear God in this place Let's fear God in this place. Let's live as Christians that live without the fear of death, that live without the fear of man, that live without the fear of tomorrow, that live only to fear God and God alone. Let's not fear this world or what it can give us. Let's fear God because he has us in his hand. He, we, we trust him. Father, I pray that today, God, every person in this place would fear you, Lord, that, God, they would be kept safe in your love, Lord, and God, I pray when the opportunity comes to warn people of the fear of the Lord, that they would do so with seriousness. They would do so with, uh, with urgency, God. Lord, I pray for everyone that hears this message, God, to respond with urgency, Lord. Because, God, we don't know what our time is, Lord. God, you've written out our days, God. Lord, you know our end from our beginning, Lord. God, I pray that we would trust you then. We would trust you then. Father, Remind us of your presence in this place, God. When you speak to us, I pray that we would listen and we would obey, God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. Give Jesus a hand clap. Listen, uh, we're going to just translate.